Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and this week is a lot quieter than last week, but we still got some numbers to discuss as well as other updates. Let's start with the numbers. Opening in first place is the latest Liam Neeson action movie, Honest Eve, with 3.7 million, and since it opened in Canada last weekend, technically brings its domestic total to 4.2 million. In second place is The War with Grandpa, with 2.5 million, for a total of 7.2 million. In third place is Tenant, with 1.6 million, for a total of 50.6 million. In fourth place is the re-release of Nightmare Before Christmas, with 1.3 million. Finally, in fifth place, you have Hocus Pocus, which made another 756,000. So from the past few releases, it seems like unless you are a blockbuster movie like Tenant, you can expect to open around 4 to 5 million. Now another thing is I have not seen much advertising for either Honest Thief or War with Grandpa. So maybe people just don't know these movies exist. Anyway, before I move on to other numbers, let's talk about the big news for domestic theaters. And that is Governor Cuomo has finally decided to reopen theaters in the state everywhere except New York City. Uh, the requirements uh, include either 25% capacity or 50% per showing and is in regions where infection rates are below 2%. So for example, if a New York county gets past 2%, those theaters will shut down, but the others would not. Theaters can reopen as soon as October 23rd. As of this recording, AMC has said that they will reopen theirs across the state, and Regal will also reopen theirs as well. So now for Regal, while they're technically closed across the country, except in select uh, theaters in New York and California. While I think Cuomo took too long in opening, I think the rollout of the state than New York City is smart. New York City has been dealing with some clusters of cases in Brooklyn, so you do need to get that under control first. Then they probably want to see after theaters open, cases do not spike. If both of these things happen, then I think they will uh, open in New York City. Now, will this provide a boost to the box office? Eh. Part of the issue is the states surrounding New York have been open for a while, like New Jersey was open past Labor Day. So if people near the uh, state lines crossed over to watch a movie, then it would have much less of an effect. Personally, I think it would help, but only a bit. So I expect Tenant to get a shot in the arm, get a couple extra million, but for new releases coming out, I can see them opening up around maybe 8 million for, for their opening weekend, unless it's a blockbuster, but no. Besides New York City being open means like, oh, we're going to get $20 million opening weekends consistently. No. So yeah, it will help the theaters, but it's not like things will be back to normal. Now here is something I thought I would not be talking about in 2020. Record breakers. But thanks to the Japan and anime, we got some box office records broken here. The popular manga turned into anime Demon Slayer had a movie that opened this past weekend and broke all the, the all-time opening weekend for any movie in Japan at $44 million. Deadline is reporting that the hype and demand was so big, some theaters started showings at 7am on Friday, while others were playing it 40 times per day. They also report that this movie, while breaking records, did dominate the weekend box office, uh, accounting for 84% of the total gross from all movies, but that was to be expected. So I knew the anime was popular, but I did not expect these kind of numbers. Anyway, congrats to the Japanese film and anime industry, this is big for them, and I hope they can have more results like this. Let's go back to AMC as they are taking a page from Cinemark and are now offering theater rentals for groups, running from 99 to 349 per showing, depending on the movie you pick. It uh, allows you to bring up to 20 people for a private showing. There are also add-ons like snack vouchers that you can hand out to people uh, to go get snacks at concessions, or there's a fee to bring your own food if you want instead, or get a microphone 
so you can talk to your group in front of the screen. Cinemark has mentioned this option is becoming pretty popular for them, and I think it's a great move for AMC as well. While on paper it's not cheap, if you can get even 10-15 people together to split the cost, it's not that bad. Also, these private showings does help get people back in the theaters to feel if it's safe or not. An issue is people do not trust each other if they are not infected, uh, are they taking the right precautions like wearing a mask or not? Well, if you're around some of your friends and family during a pandemic, you know if they are good or not. So you bring them in, you feel safe with them. If you feel theater safe, you might go back again by yourself. So who knows if this becomes really popular. Maybe theater chains will keep it when the pandemic is over. I could see it being like uh, when they go back to normal, like a nice day day trip or a uh, thing to do at night. Now we got some movies that have been delayed again, along with some of them getting new dates, uh, this time from Sony and Universal. For Universal, they announced that the reboot of Candyman will be coming out next August. For Sony, the biggest move is Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was set for next March, now opens next summer on June 11th. Secondly, their horror movie Don't Breathe 2 now opens next August. While not announced, it was rumored that before this that Sony was looking at moving Morbius out of March as well. And with Ghostbusters leaving spring, I can see it happening. But then what would happen to Venom? I think Morbius might go to May, and to give it some space, uh, Venom would go to September. October right now is starting to get busy with Halloween and Dune, but we will see. I also think if a vaccine is actually starting to distribute to healthcare workers and old people by December, I think this will be the final delay for these movies, because after those groups get it, everyone else will. I think... It's that you need months for it to get to a lot of people for the pandemic to be over. I think Sony releasing in March may look okay as the pandemic could be on its way out, but there would still be restrictions. So it's better just push back to June. By that point, if it starts running in December, you'd have six months of people constantly you know, getting the vaccine. That would definitely help. Universal also made some headlines this week with an exclusive report from Deadline that Fast and Furious will be ending after movie 11. Along with this news, they also report that Justin Lin is in talks to direct the final two movies. We've known for a while we were getting F9 and F10, but this is the first time an F11 has been confirmed. It should also be noted very importantly that Universal is only ending the mainline of series films, aka spin-offs will continue. This makes sense as they are working on Hobbs and Shaw 2, and there were rumors of a female Fast and Furious team-up movie. I think for Universal this is the best move for the franchise. Give the main series of movies a break, and see if other spin-offs work. If they do, then great, you keep doing that. If they don't, give the entire franchise a break for a few years, then have F12 as a reunion and cash in on nostalgia. It's a win-win either way. Also, the way they write these movies, there are a lot of holes in the timeline where they have some characters can team up in one movie, have others in a different movie, and have it work. If they can do that, then these movies could be made for a bit cheaper while holding on to hopefully a solid box office return. So when South Korea was one of the first to reopen cinemas, they had a boom with new releases and signaled that the box office can return back to normal. Well, some small outbreaks here and there and lack of movies due to delays and interest post the end of the summer has now forced some to close. CGV, the big cinema company in South Korea, announced that they will be closing 35 to 40 theaters due to the pandemic, which would represent 30% of their theaters across the country. They will also be halting any new theater openings for the time being. That is not surprising, as their latest numbers have shown, compared to September of last year, they are still down 70%, which is not good. Hopefully they are able to restructure and come out strong after the pandemic. I do find it interesting that some studios are pushing back their releases since studios are open, though it could be that the capacity requirement is still a limiting factor. To finish off this on some good news, I guess, is the development of the box office in Saudi Arabia. Movie, which is Saudi Arabia's first cinema company, opened their biggest cinema yet. And it's not movie movie, that's M-U-V-I. 
It features 18 screens and includes standard screens as well as Dolby Cinema. What I thought was weird was to celebrate the opening. Uh, VIPs got to have special screening. You know, makes sense. Uh, do you know what they watched? No? That's okay. Uh, they watched Antebellum. Yeah, that movie. I know that against the movie. It's just the ideas and themes of that movie that just came out. That's the one that was selected? Okay. Like, I know the kingdom has some restrictions on movies like China, but that is... That's the best they could do for VIPs? Yeah. I'm not going to get into the politics of the country, because frankly, a lot of it is despicable. The only thing I will say is, having a box office as a whole grow is good for the industry, and that more people get to access the experience, watching a movie in a theater is great. For VOD Premium, we got some numbers to talk about with Netflix third quarter earnings, and while not bad, investors were not happy. First off, Netflix did miss their own expectations of 2.4 million subscribers, with only getting 2.2 million subs. Now you may think, well, it's not off by that much, and look, I'll tell you, since I do some trading myself, investors are very emotional people, <laughs> who at times can't think logically. Netflix said the reason for the difference was because of the massive pull-up of subs they got in the first half of the year, which is reasonable. Overall, this streaming service now has 195.15 million subscribers, which is 23.3% up year over year. For the fourth quarter, they are looking to get 6.6 .6 million new subscribers, which would put them at over 200 million worldwide. Also, while we knew, based on social media, they did confirm their biggest projects have resumed filming, including Red Notice, The Witcher Season 2, and Stranger Things Season 4. Overall, Netflix is still killing it, and while the stock did take a hit after the numbers came out, they are still looking good. I also saw that in some countries, they are testing out free weekends to entice people to sign up, which I think is a good idea. Give them full access to get hooked, and then come Monday, they'll have to subscribe. Next week, I'll be going over the latest numbers from HBO Max. And that'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Seats. Question for this week is, do you think Sony's latest release date will stick, or will they get pushed back again? Let me know on Facebook. Link to it is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. See you next time.